Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hola, amiga, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. In today's episode, you will be learning more about our guest, Claire Risoli. And I just wanted to come on here and tell you briefly about how I met her. So Claire is not only a beautiful soul, and you will soon find out why I'm saying that, but I met her through this company called Arbonne International. And so what is Arbonne International? Arbonne sells products, 250 daily consumable products. And I was in the market to really have a product that aligns with me physically and mentally and emotionally. And what do I mean by that? I really was on the hunt for a product that was very organic. So this product itself is vegan certified. It's certified kosher. It's non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free, whey-free, dairy-free. And um, it has excluded over 2,000 dangerous chemicals. And so this is super important for me because having multiple sclerosis, I really was looking for a product that was aligned with my body. And I found Arbon. And with Arbon, I was able to create a little side business, if you will. And the reason is, is because, as you all know, there are seven streams of income that you have in order to acquire wealth. And I figured this would be an excellent company to really create some sort of income on for me. And it's not, how can I say, every income is defined by how much you work. And so obviously for me, I have other projects in mind, but I really believe that joining a team that had some sort of income stream was a benefit to me. So Claire Risoli, she's a national vice president here at Arbonne International. And of course, I had to ask her to come and be a guest here at Amiga Handle Your Shit. And so I'm so fortunate that she came and she's going to share about not only about Arbonne, but her new project. And so 
I want you all to know that you can do what you want, whether it's one business, two business, three businesses, however many businesses, however many streams of wealth that you want. It all can happen when you handle your shit. So I'm leaving you with this, that she is not only an amazing soul, but she is a complete badass. And I know you will be enjoying our conversation today. Welcome, amigas and dear amigos, too. Welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I am super excited to introduce our very first guest. Her name is Claire Risoli. And Claire is just a beautiful soul. I've gotten the privilege to get to know her. I think it's been now close to a year, and we have become fast friends. And I thoroughly love having conversations with her. And I know that you will have amazing time listening to what she has to say about how she's been handling her shit. So I want to tell you a little bit about her. And Claire Risoli was born on August 18, 1973 in Torrance, California, native Angelina, just like me. That's why we're fast friends. (laughs) Claire is Romanian, Jewish, and Mexican descent. She is fluent in Spanish. She is an actress, an entrepreneur, a restaurateur, a national vice president, and independent consultant with Arbonne International. And she is a proud mama to Rocco Rosselli, who happens to be an actor. Yes, he is also an actor who plays baby Jeffrey on FX show called The League. How exciting is that? So let's have an amazing conversation. I know you will enjoy what she has to tell you because everything she says has a powerful nugget. So stay tuned. We're super excited. And let me tell you, I could not have thought of anybody else to have as my first guest. And so I'm super proud and very honored to have you. Welcome, Claire. Thank you so much. What a beautiful introduction. I am (laughs) honored and privilege to be here. Thank you. (laughs) The privilege is all mine. Believe me. Believe me. So, you know, let's talk about this, about Amiga Handle Your Shit. You know, this podcast is intended for women to up-level, to show up as their true, true authentic self. It's an empowerment. It's also unapologetic about being Latina and busting through those cultural norms and cultural standards and limitations and busting through that. So I'm super excited to hear everything about you and let's just get to it. So now let me tell you a little bit about Claire. Obviously she is an accomplished professional. Like she's got so much on her resume that I don't even know how to begin other than to say, how did it all start? (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I've always kind of been crazy. (laughs) I've always kind of been that person that gets ideas in my mind. And even though I've never done it before, just crazy enough to fumble through it and figure it out, I guess how appropriate, handle my shit and lose my shit in between handling my shit. (laughs) I think, I don't know where it came from. Maybe both my parents, both my parents have really sick work ethic. Mm -hmm. Just a little background. My mom came to LA 
from Mexico at, um, I think she was 30 years old. So she didn't speak English. She was number three of 11 kids, the first one to ever come here. So, you know, she was definitely a luchadora. She, she had some chutzpah. That's the Jewish side of me as well, talking to you. She <laughs> met my dad here in LA. She was taking an English second language class in Hacienda Heights. And the teacher was my uncle, my dad's brother. She met my dad there. Within a few months, they were married. He had just come back from Vietnam. He was an airborne ranger, sergeant on the front lines. And so, you know, he had some guts too. So two worlds collide, two really gutsy worlds collide. And then I came, you know, months later. <laughs> so um, <laughs> sort of in my blood to just sort of, you know, go for it. I also think I've just had to reinvent myself many times as I think a lot of us can identify with, especially in this climate, you know, the world's changing, things are always shifting, and you have to either, you know, ride the wave and shift with the times and figure it out, or you just kind of get lost and, you know, left behind. So I've always sort of gone after my dreams as a kid, I wanted to be an actor, I wanted to be a singer. So my parents really embraced it. And at 10 years old, I started doing commercials. And by 16 years old, I was driving myself to auditions in Hollywood. And that is crazy. Crazy. I think about that now, just as a parent, I'm like, how the hell did my parents let me, you know, drive to Hollywood from Torrance, not that's that far, but you know, it's a crazy world. It is. I have, it's like, just it, if it was now, like, I mean, I, no. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could either, <laughs> like with my son. Right. But I was just always really mature. I think I, you know, acted like a little adult as a kid. I regret that now. I don't think that's the best thing in the world, but I was the first child and I just always went for it. And I guess looking back now, not afraid to fail. I understand as an adult that that's all part of success is failure. Like the line from, it's not linear. You don't go from like an idea to success. There's actually failure along the way to success. So I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been afraid to fail. You mentioned that I was a restaurateur. I just happened to, you know, launch a restaurant at the onset of a pandemic. We launched on April 10th. I'm failing along the way. It's been a struggle. I'm also not afraid to work my ass off. I grew up cleaning houses with my mom and I have a sick work ethic. I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm not afraid of rolling up my sleeves. I'm not afraid of getting it done and doing whatever it takes, like literally whatever it takes. Like absolutely. Yeah. Some nights I'm mopping and sweeping the restaurant. I'm going, the hell have I done? What am I doing? (laughs) But I know where I'm headed. So I do whatever it takes. Exactly. So you know what, now that you're saying that you're a restaurateur, please tell us a lot about your restaurant, because I'm sure if people are here in Los Angeles, they're going to want to go and have a, a nice dining event with you. Obviously, we're in COVID, and I know there are certain procedures that you need to adhere to yep. as a restaurateur. So please let us know what's the name of your restaurant and what is it all about? How did it come about? So it's called Pocha, okay. L.A., Bocha, which is like uh, Chicana, is something that I was called growing up. Actually has a hint of, you know, sort of a derogatory connotation that I hated growing up. My family would come here from Mexico. And, you know, I grew up in L.A. I actually grew up in like Redondo Beach, Torrance. I'm a South Bay girl. And I'm American. I'm Mexican-American. My family would come here and my Spanish wouldn't be, you know, totally on point. Pretty polished now, probably. <laughs> um, so it did make me kind of like, you know, 
level up. It made me want to level up. But basically that, you know, that word to me meant or made me feel like I wasn't enough. Like I wasn't Mexican enough. I was trying to prove my Mexican-ness. Now I know it's just like, it's an essence. You can't prove it. You just got it. (laughs) So it did make me, you know, level up though, and really want to improve my Spanish, want to be able to speak it in a business environment. The Spanish that I spoke or or learned at home is not the Spanish that I would particularly bring to the business environment when I was working as a freelance producer in Latino marketing and advertising. So it just made me want to step up and just have a lot more confidence on who I am. So the way that it came about, I've actually never had a restaurant before. I did work in the food service industry for about 10 years, I worked for these two guys named Rick and Larry. They're the two guys, attorneys that started California Pizza Kitchen. Before. <laughs> you know what? I say it all the time. I think I learned more from working with those two guys as a server and a server trainer for California Pizza Kitchen than I probably learned in college. It was a really great experience, life experience. So I love the food service industry. I love hosting. I love cuisine. I love tradition. I love my culture. And it's just a fusion of all that sort of percolating into this idea. So the way that it came about, you mentioned that I'm an Arbonne independent consultant. This girl on my team, Michelle Serafin, she catered. This was before she started doing Arbonne with me. (laughs) She catered one of my son's birthday parties. I hired her, her husband. He has a restaurant called Mixto in Silver Lake. And they catered my son's birthday party. This was years ago. And I, I loved it. I loved the concept. I loved just everything that it was about the branding. I'm a sucker for branding. My background's in, you know, marketing and advertising. So I just loved the whole idea. And as I got to know her, I did share the Arbonne business with her and she did end up joining my team. And that's another conversation. But along the way, you know, I'm really big on like vision boards and mapping out my goals. And for the last, you know, five years after getting to know her, I had written on my vision board or my put on my vision board or written out in my three-year, five-year goals that I wanted to open up a mixto. I, I would talk to her and say like, well, have you guys ever thought about like franchising or have you thought about branching out? I lived in West LA at the time and I thought, man, my neighborhood could really use a mixto here. Yeah. I think it would do really well. But so the seeds, right? Planting yeah. that seed. You're like, cause you're like, you're thinking, oh, I, I want to be part of that. And I'm always thinking of like, you know, what's next? What's next? I produced a few films, one that was featured at Cannes Film Festival. Like I just get these crazy ideas and I'm like, what's next? And so I'm crazy enough to just do it and figure it out and maybe, you know, fail my way there or flounder my way there. But I just, you know, I'm not a person that's stagnant. I get bored. So, you know, I moved up the ranks in my Arbonne business I started to build, you know, a pretty significant income stream and foundation. So I thought, you know, I would never stop doing that business. It's brilliant. It's my cash cow. But what's next? I have learned and that it's all about multiple streams of income. And I thought, you know, I wanted to create other streams. But even though I was doing well in this Arbonne thing, like still like not, there's more to me than that. So there's all this stuff that I just needed to get out of my system. And I need to get out of my system before, you know, I leave this planet. So (laughs) that was one of those things. And it just never really panned out. We had entertained ideas or entertained, you know, the idea of maybe partnering with them. Cut to like two years ago, I was at their house. They were having a little party for their wedding anniversary. 
And I was talking to one of her cousins, who's also pocho. And I brought up the word, you know, pocho. I was like, oh my God, I, he, he lives in Texas. Like, I hated being called that growing up. And we got into this whole conversation about, you know, pocho and what it means. And as I said it, Michelle's husband was walking by. And almost at the same time, the same second, we both said, that'd be a great name for a restaurant. And then just kind of like laughed. So I came home and I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I started printing out. I just would, you know, make like a a little word document, like colorful. And I like I made up, I don't know anything about like graphic design, but I just printed out something that said pocho or pocha, pocha, because I like that better. Just the sound of it, pocha. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I started Amiga. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I printed something out and put it on my vision board, but also started printing out the names of all the cities that I pictured this restaurant being in. And it was like Boyle Heights, Santa Ana, Huntington Park, Highland Park, right. Jefferson Park. Um, yeah. I should actually show you my vision board, but it's in the other room. So that was a few, a couple of years ago. And here we are. We launched the restaurant on April 10th, 2020, at the onset of a pandemic, not ideal timing for one of the hardest hit industries. <laughs> You know, during COVID, we are limited to takeout and delivery when we first launched. That's and launching a restaurant, you know, is a feat in itself, but launching an unknown brand in the middle of a pandemic is that's fun. Yeah, no, and it's insane. I mean, I coming from the restaurant side as well, I kudos to you because it is like very difficult. What was I supposed to do? I mean, it's like all what all I could do was handle my shit. That's or right. over like a dog. And yeah. well, that's not me. Right. So I was either going to, you know, go out swinging and I'm still swinging and I'm exhausted. Last night I was sweeping floors and mopping because I can't afford, you know, all the labor to do that kind of stuff. Right. So Michelle and I are in the trenches. Right. She designed the menu. You know, I gave her some of my ideas, but I'm not a chef. She created the menu at Mixto. So she created the menu at Bocha. She is literally on the line preparing all the food. And I run the front of the house, you know, all the operations, the marketing, HR, payroll, what payroll for like, what, five people, but still. Um, And those are things that I've never done before. That's money that is not in your pocket because, you know, you're shuffling out, right? It's not not like it's coming in. A little bit. I mean, we're barely breaking even, which is unheard of for a brand new restaurant in the first couple months. And then, you know, throw throw in a pandemic. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah, a girl. I know. Wow, it's not fun. But no, it's no, definitely not fun. And like I said, I'm like kudos to you because it really is an undertaking to open up a restaurant. And I don't think that many people really realize what an undertaking it is to open up a restaurant. Can you tell us like a couple of uh, things that you did in order to start this project? So the way that we started it was, you know, I started socking away money that my Arbon business was producing. And I wanted to, you know, I guess, parlay it into a few different things. Real estate was one of them. Restaurant was one of them. I have, you know, some ideas that I'm throwing around. So I had put away some money. So we started the business with my startup capital. The arrangement was she was the intellectual property. She was bringing in all of the recipes, you know, all the creative components. And I was doing, you know, more of the finance and funding. We did also seek out an SBA loan, which we were in the process of closing. And then when the pandemic hit, we went to the bank with the idea that, you know, we were signing the loan docs that day and they actually brought us into the conference room to let us know that 
we are not, they are not in funding restaurants at this time until further notice because wow. 60% of restaurants are expected to fail or close. Oh my God. Oh so my we're God. running on fumes. You know, yeah. we had exhausted our, our startup capital. So right now, you know, we're just, I don't know how we're doing it, but we're getting, you know, the community has been absolutely amazing. I want to give a shout out to Highland Park because mm-hmm. that community has kept us open. I mean, there's so many regulars that come in every day saying, thank you for being open. Thank you for feeding us. Thank you for being here. How amazing um, is that? Like how, how amazing, like that multiply a thousand times of how beautiful that is, that feeling of gratitude and just like you are of service. Totally. To people, they're keeping us open, but it's also, you know, I feel it's an interdependent relationship. We depend on the community and the community depends on us. Like, hey, people got to eat. And, you know, for the last four months, I mean, I mean, I guess there's a lot of people, you know, cooking at home, but you got to mix things up, you know? So- The community has been amazing. Our only marketing has been, we did a door hanger campaign because that's what we could afford and Instagram, just all social media. And actually some publications had actually sought us out and we've had some great interviews with Infatuation LA, Eater LA, The East Sider. They contacted us. So that's been like a godsend. I mean, and you know, back to just handling your shit. There's something about the universe meeting you at the point of action. When you don't take a step, the universe doesn't either. But when you're plowing forward and you're just putting one foot in front of the other, God, the universe, he, she, whatever you want to call him, her, it, meets you at the point of action. Amen. 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 So it's like when you make a decision, the world, the universe conspires with you. That's a truth bomb, full on. Beautiful. Yes. And it continues to happen. And even though we're struggling, it's just sort of, you know, nothing worthwhile. And I hate to say this because I don't like the word sacrifice because it has a negative connotation. I'm not going to use the word sacrifice. I'm going to use the word choice. There's choices that need to be made, decisions that you need to be rock solid. Like you just have to have rock solid belief and make decisions on the daily because when you do nothing, then nothing happens. Exactly. And we've learned some hard lessons. We've overspent in some areas. You know, we're, even though Michelle has restaurant experience and I have front of the house experience, I was a server trainer, I mentioned, but I've never started a restaurant just from, you know, an idea and then the inception to fruition. So, you know, there's a lot of learning. I don't call them mistakes. I call them must take. Whoa, I (laughs) love that. Must take. Yeah. And you just have to be willing to like screw it up and recover. Like everything's figure outable. Yes. And we don't have a lot of resources, but we are resourceful. So exactly. Exactly. So where else have you had mistakes? Oh my God. In every area. Oh my God. Well, so I'll, you know, back up a little bit to my art. I mean, my art bomb business, my parenting, my previous marriage. <laughs> wow. We could talk, we could be here all day. <laughs> all day yeah. You know, the, some production that I've done of short films. It's just, that's how we learn. We don't right. learn from winning all the time. We learn from losing and falling on our faces and having a rubber butt and bouncing right back up. Like yeah. the pity party can't last more than a day or two. Exactly. Exactly. I am full agreement with you. I, I always feel that, 
you know, you have to lean into your fear because if you don't, you're missing out on the opportunity that is waiting for you on the other side. And so when I speak with other amigas and that they're stuck, it's like, I want to like shake them up and be like, no, you know, you need to really take a step back. All right. You want a pity potty, but not for very long. Get out of it. Snap out of it. Whatever you have to do, whether it means that you need to contact a professional, go ahead, do it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't lose any time. Do it. You know, life is too short. You have to. It is. Yeah. Right? And you have to want it. Like the fear of staying in the same place has to be greater than, or, or the fear, yeah, the fear of staying in the place, same place has to be greater than the fear of like moving forward. Like you have to want to get out of where you are. Like we're never stuck. We just choose not to move. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And so, yeah, you said whatever it is. There were choices, choices. So you choose choose to succeed, choose to fail, choose to not move, choose to stay, or choose to pivot. Uh Or or even just to like put it in like real terms. Like I've had to make choices that, you know, sometimes I didn't get to tuck my son at night. I had to make the choice to not read a book to him you know, certain nights, I had to make the choice to have somebody watch him for a few hours so that I could handle my shit somewhere else. Like I've had to make choices along the way, but I also know my son's watching me. And I also know that, you know, as I'm going to talk like as a mom or as a parent, like we tell our kids all the time, you know, if, if you can achieve whatever you want or, you know, go after your dreams, or if you work for it, you can have it. Or if you dream it, you can achieve it. Like you can say all those things until the cows come home, but who's using my printer right now? Sorry. But if the best way to show them, I believe is to show them, we can tell them, but they need to see us do it. The best way that we can lead our family and lead our kids is not by telling them, but by showing them and by leading by example and letting them see us fail. And my son has seen me fail. He's seen me get back up. Mm-hmm. And I think that he sees me fail and get back up over and over again. And as a parent, I believe that's one of the best lessons I can teach him. Of course. Oh my God. Definitely one of the best lessons. You know, I think we learn more from failing to be quite frank. I really do. Because it's that lesson that you learn that makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. Stronger on the other side. Yeah. And And it's only a failure if you don't learn from it and you don't get back up. Exactly. Exactly. So girl, you are definitely handling your shit. You're a single mom. You're an entrepreneur. You've got a restaurant in the pandemic and you have this thriving other business called Arbon, which we haven't really delved in. Uh, maybe you can let us know a little bit more about that because that's yeah. huge. Sure. So Arbon is a health and wellness and beauty network marketing company. This is something that I never imagined myself doing 10 years ago when I was introduced to it. At the time, I was a freelance producer working in Latino marketing and advertising. I was a new mom. I was working 10, sometimes more hours a day, a lot of times on the weekend. And I was at a place in my life at 37 years old where I was just feeling like this is it. This is like, this is so not what it's cracked up to be. I, 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 mean, I think you and I are twins because that's exactly what happened with me. I'm like, no, like, really, really, really. 
<laughs> yeah, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. I did what I was taught to do. And I did what I, you know, thought would make my parents, particularly my mom. My dad passed away when I was 21. So, you know, my mom came to the U.S. for the American dream. And I found myself at 37 years old living her idea of the American dream. So I was the first of over 50 cousins to ever go to college. I was a producer. I had, you know, a great job on the outside. It probably looked like I had everything. I was married. I had a baby. I had a great job, but I was in debt. (laughs) I was living in an apartment in West Hollywood. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just had visions of, you know, home ownership. And I just thought like, you know, like in your teens and twenties, you're like, I'm going to live at the beach or I'm going to have a convertible or I'm going to, you know, I don't know, just like, those yeah. sound like, like really material things, but you know, you have your idea of what your life is going to look like. And I was doing everything that I was taught to do. And my life was nowhere near what I thought it was going to look like. And nor did I have a vehicle to get me to that place. Yet I had done everything that I was taught to do, go to school, get a good job, work really hard. And I was working my ass off and I just could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I was at a Christmas party 10 years ago for a TV show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And that night I met this couple, particularly this woman named Carrie, this couple who were in town for the weekend because her husband was the CFO of Maxim Magazine. And they were the corporate sponsor of this party. And she was just tagging along with her husband for the weekend to hang out in LA and, you know, attend this party. They lived in New York. And I met her. We talked for a couple minutes. We connected because she too had worked in advertising. She had three little boys at home. You know, we were just sort of two strangers in the room that found each other because we were both at our husband's work functions and we didn't know anyone. And, you know, they knew all their, their people and we're just like, Oh, Hey, (laughs) kind of found each other. So she went home, somebody introduced her to this network marketing company called Arbonne. She decided to join this company and build a business. And the person who introduced it to her told her to put her global thinking cap on and think about people that she might know outside of New York because she could build a team in, at that time with anyone in four countries. So I think by two things, top of mind awareness and by God's grace, I made this woman's list. She reached out to me over Facebook, sent me a message, like friend requested me, sent me a message asking me if I remembered her and asking her if I was interested in learning about this online health and wellness and beauty company that she just started building a business with asked me if I was interested in learning more. She was straight up and said, I'm looking to build a team in Los Angeles. I'm not sure if this is a fit for you, but if you'd like to learn more about the opportunity, I'd love to talk to you about it. So I had no idea what the hell she was talking about. I thought they were looking for somebody in their marketing department and that this was going to be my exit strategy at the ad agency. And I was going to level up and work for the CFO of Maxim Magazine's wife at some place called Arbonne. <laughs> so story. <laughs> In my head. So she calls me up and she, you know, starts sharing a little bit about, you know, the products and the anti-aging skincare and the neck cream. And I'm thinking like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, you want me to sell creams? Like, is this like one of those like Mary You're like, I'm just, I, I thought you were going to give me a job at Maxim. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking like, you're doing like one of those things. And so I cut her off and I was like, is this like network marketing? And I kind of laughed and I was a little, you know, just, I don't know, maybe a little condescending. And her response was, 
oh yeah. And it was just her conviction and her, oh yeah, like, yeah, of course it is. It just kind of made me like lean in a little bit and be like, okay, why would someone like you be doing something like this? As I'm looking around my little Cracker Jack box apartment in West Hollywood and I knew that this woman lived in Scarsdale, New York. And I don't know if you know anything about Scarsdale, but I was totally profiling. It's one of the most affluent communities like in the country. And I knew that because my ex-husband was from New York and lived in the town next door. So I just thought maybe I should just listen. I'm just going to listen and entertain this lady and see what's up. So, you know, she just shared with me a little bit about the company and network marketing and what it is and what it isn't. And I had my own preconceived ideas, you know, my 1990 ideas, I brought them into the 21st century and, you know, a lot has changed. You know, the internet has changed the way that people do business, the way that people shop, live, work. I mean, come on, we're seeing that right here, right now. We're seeing that today. And I also noticed that in my industry in advertising that, you know, we were starting to bring on social media departments you know, that online shopping was really tipping the scales as opposed to, you know, brick and mortar. So I just started being able to put my ego to the side and to sort of pull out, like I was really zooming in on like the creams and I couldn't get past the creams and the lipsticks, but I was able to like, you know, pull the camera out and just sort of selling creams. You get this? Yeah. (laughs) I know. Believe me. I just have to say that I'm part of Claire's team. So just so you all know. That's how we met, actually. Um, But I decided to jump in. And when I say I decided to jump in, I don't even know what jumping in even meant. Like, you know, like I was like blood in, blood out. Everything, everything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you out there who don't know what blood in, blood out, it's a movie that, well... (laughs) It's real life for the Cholos, but but actually there's a movie like that. But yeah, I mean, it's, but it's your life history too, Claire, because you're all about in or out. Yeah. You're just like, okay, let's do it. I I mean, a perfect example of, I was so hungry for change. I wasn't in the market for skincare or lipsticks or eye creams or protein shakes. I wasn't the poster child for, you know, health, wellness, beauty. I was 30 pounds heavier. I barely wear makeup. I'm not like a, you know, beauty queen, girly girl. I love you guys for those of you that are, but that just wasn't (laughs) me, but I was just so hungry for change. And the fear of staying the same was greater than the fear of leaning in and just trying something else. So I started Googling Forbes network marketing, Forbes, Huffington post, Mm -hmm. Forbes, New York times. And I just, was I was so hungry to learn and understand like what is it about this business model that helps people change the trajectory of their lives? Like why is it wildly successful or why are some people wildly successful? Why is it such a you know multi-billion dollar market? Like let's face it, you know, I don't see myself ever doing something like Amway. It's just like it's not really the brand that represents me or their mission doesn't represent me or it's just the branding isn't really in alignment with my personal branding. But let's face it, it's like a 200 or more billion dollar company. That intrigued me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like there's, it's undeniable, like something's working. So, working. Yeah, exactly. How exciting. 
How is it? So I was just intrigued by that and hungry to learn more and understand the industry and the profession, immerse myself in the company and the products. It turns out I love the products. It turns out that I would use the products even if I wasn't a consultant, I would still be a consumer. And that's why I'm here 10 years later. I definitely didn't join for the products. I stayed because I love them. If I couldn't get behind them, if I couldn't represent them with integrity and authenticity, I wouldn't still be here 10 years later. Yeah. But it changed the trajectory of my life. I learned other skills. I learned about another way. It's not the only way. It was just another way. So I was able to segue out of my marketing and advertising career and build an income from home being a present parent, which was at, you know the most important thing to me. I was able to build a business online while being totally present for my son. I, I was one of those people. I'm one of those people that get to take him to school and pick him up every day. I'm able to, you know, take them to his activities. I'm able to, you know, be there for all the important stuff. I did make choices along the way. I did say that, you know, sometimes I miss tucking him in a bed at night or reading him a book or, you know, having to, you know, make some choices so that I could propel forward. But for the important stuff, like I'm there for all of it. And it's so beautiful that you have this awareness and this life of Arbonne to allow you to do what is most important in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to, as a result of it, and by the way, I want to, I need to preface this with, you know, that like results for everyone are different. You don't just become an Arbonne consultant and, you know, move your way up the ranks. Like I worked my butt off. I treated it like a business from the get-go. I still continue to build my Arbonne business. It's still part of my day. I'm still building my client base. I'm still, you know, teaching people and training people how to do what I do, how to sell products and how to build a team. Like I still do that 10 years later. So it's not like, you know, I just kick my feet up and, you know, I just cash in. Like I really do work my business, but I was able to, you know, build a significant stream of income so that I could get my hands in other businesses, you know, and that's why you have Pocha now, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. so beautiful. It's a a wonderful connection because Mm -hmm. everything is, you heard the knock and you became curious at Mm -hmm. every point. And that's exactly what we want to do with Amiga Handle Your Shit. Like let amazing women out there know that if you hear that knock, go open it. See what's out there because you just don't know until you know, right? It's like, and sometimes, like, I think, you know, a lot of what we're asking for, it doesn't always come up, like, present itself in the package that you were expecting. Mm-hmm. So I was asking for, you know, some freedom. I was asking for some flexibility. I was asking for an additional income stream. I was asking to be able to, you know, be healthier and take time for myself. I was asking, you know, for all these things. And then this, you know, this thing called Arbon shows up. And at first I was like, ew, I don't like yeah. that wrapping paper. Yes. Like that bow, that green bow, like yuck. Then I started unwrapping, you know, the gift and I realized like so much of what I was asking God for came in this package called Arbon, right. And I was, felt like I was too good for it at first. I was way too fabulous for Arbon. I was the first of 50 cousins to go to college. Like, yeah, hell, what? <laughs> but here's the interesting part is that I started meeting other really successful people in Arbon who were way more fabulous than me. 
like you, like lawyers and doctors and, you know, things that I was taught growing up, like those are the prestigious careers. And I'm like, why are they doing Arbonne? Well, maybe I can learn something from them. I've always wanted to level up in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And being the dumbest person in the room is the best way to do that. (laughs) Well, I don't think you're the dumbest person in the room. Actually, I think quite the contrary, my dear. But this, I mean, you have been telling us so many truth bombs. I mean, I want you to be back. I mean, we could talk all day. That's for sure. That's 100%. Thank you. I just want you to know that I just have so much respect for you. You have just, I I don't even know if you know, but you just helped me level up in my life. I look up to you. I respect you, your business acumen, who you are, what you're about, what you represent. And when you asked me to do this, not only was I completely honored and grateful, but it was an immediate like, yes, yes, and yes. So Oh my God, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much, Claire. I mean, I think the world of you as well. And I am so honored that you're here because you have a wealth of information that the world needs to know. And now they're getting that opportunity to know. So it's, it's pretty, I want to cuss, but (laughs) I think I did a couple of times. Sorry. Pretty fucking cool. (laughs) Thanks. I'll take it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, it's so beautiful. So I'm just truly honored. Like I said, I can be on this, you know, call forever and ever, but I know that all good things come to an end at some point in time, but I, I am so grateful for you and thank you so much. I mean, I, do you have any like, you know, simple hacks just that you do every day that I think our amigas would be interested in learning? I'm scared every single day. There's nothing special about me. I do almost everything scared. We're finishing this call and there's a couple calls I have to make and I'm nervous about doing them and making them, but I I just do everything scared. I think I live, you know, with low-grade anxiety (laughs) all day long, but I just do it. I just do it because, well, the opportunity cost of not doing it means staying the same and I'm not interested in that, so... Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Oh my God. With that, we're going to have to end because that's a beautiful last statement. Thank you so much, my dear. Love you. you. I'm so honored. And thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Too. Bye-bye. If you want more information about Arbon and selling products with Arbon, joining my team with Arbon, check the show notes. You will find information there. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.